in his first speech to the United Nations as president, President Trump vowed to, quote, totally destroy North Korea if it threatens the U.S. His threat is being taken seriously around the world because if there's one thing President Trump has shown he knows how to do, it's destroy a country. The Trump Report starts <laughs> now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Sing it, little Richard. Welcome to the Trump Report. I'm Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ, Twitter, Instagram, probably some other places. Joined by the very studious Drexel Hurd, who put on these fake glasses right before we went on the air. There's no glass. No glass there. Uh, at Drexel Hurd, also at fake glasses. And no, they're real glasses. But he did put them on right before we went It was very funny. And next to him, uh, for those watching on YouTube, Chelsea Galicia, at Chelsea Galicia. Scott Moore at S-Man 80. The show's Twitter is at Trump Report ABTV. Uh, quick shout out to our friend Brooks Lees at Brooks Lees TV. Send her some love. Uh, I guess she was in a little car accident. From what I hear, she's doing Aww. fine. But uh, we miss her and we hope she's doing well and we look forward to having her on the show soon. Anyway, there's a lot of stuff we could start with today. But let's go with the title of our episode. So, uh, Anthony in the booth, if you could cue up that footage that we need to share with our YouTube audience and Chelsea Galicia, who has not seen this yet. The handshake felt around the world. So uh, we'll take a look at that. And we're enjoying, of course, the Little Richard music. So uh, for those watching, you'll see it. And for those listening on iTunes, you'll get to hear it. Let us know the sound of a handshake. Yeah, you should should Google this video if you are listening on iTunes. Or just watch the show. Right. Donald Trump. What? Firm handshake to his wife and a pat on the back. Shove off the stage. (laughs) Let's take a look at that again, everyone. Thanks to our friends at Reuters. Reuters? Reuters. I was thinking of Roto Reuter for some reason when I see. Look at how many women are standing behind. Yeah, and they're just like, what just happened? You just shoved them. Anyway, so uh, we see that, and this is the first time you saw that, Chelsea. Um, Any thoughts? That's really cringeworthy. I mean, it makes it seem like uh, the first question was, is their whole marriage like a business arrangement? I have. Yes. You mean like the Clintons? Probably. <laughs> you better I mean, watch that's what it does. Wait, hey, hey, Michelle and Barack, that's for love. Everybody else, though, it's all for, it's all convenience. I mean, if this was Michelle <laughs> and Barack, they would have. Black love. Black love. They would have, you know, bumped fist or something cute like that. Uh, well, yeah, it's true. If they're, they not, did, if they, they're not cool enough for that. If they, yeah, yeah, if they did a fist bump, that would have been Shrink. all right. Hand mm-hmm. and so like the handshake is bad, but the all right now get yeah. go on get <laughs> get sit get sit down. <laughs> that's what is followed by. Uh, I think that that's a lot worse. Uh, you hadn't heard about that, so I'm so glad that I got to be the one to show that to you. <laughs> uh, I know I know you're not surprised because nothing about President Trump surprises you, but as the only woman here on the panel today, uh, if you... my boyfriend or husband shook my hand, I would. Slap him. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I mean, what, you take that hand that? and slap like, him with what? it. How about, I mean, a, a peck on the cheek. All right. Maybe a little, maybe a little, a little embrace. Maybe a hug. Just a little, you know, you know but it doesn't have yeah. to be a. No. 
I wonder what the inaugural dance was like. I didn't even watch. Oh, I, I watched it. It, it was like. awkward. Like, it was like it was like junior was. high dance. Yeah, you know, it, was awkward. it was like leave room for yeah. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he might need to be there. Scott uh, concerns about uh, about, about Melania. Marriage. No, 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 about Melania. <laughs> Does she need our help? Hashtag free Melania. Yeah, she needs waiting for that. Has anybody gotten a divorce while in office? No. Uh, I mean, the Underwoods came close, but uh, in terms of real president no. and first lady, I don't think so. No, you've had presidents that have married, you know, because their previous uh, wives have passed away or whatever, but nobody has actually gotten divorced hmm. in Could office. be fun. Yeah, and I mean, if JFK wasn't Catholic, he would have been divorced. That's I would what think, I want to see. I want to see in my lifetime a White House wedding. A White House wedding? That would be great. I want to see a White House wedding. <laughs> maybe, maybe Could when... have been Sasha. It could have been Melania. Not Melania. Melania? <laughs> what happened to you? Melania. Well, it could still happen. <laughs> she's a little bit older. When, she could have been, when, when Michelle she's becomes pre- president. When she's president when Michelle becomes president, she's not <laughs> married yet. That's when it can happen. I actually should, you know, say I was joking about wanting to watch a divorce. I, you know, respect the institution yeah. of marriage. I don't want anybody's divorce. I do if it's not a healthy marriage. <laughs> Okay, fine. <laughs> if, yes. it's not, yeah. if it's there for business, then it should uh, be. By the way, Anthony, better. if you could bring up the uh, chat in the YouTube, because we love to see our friends. For those of you watching live, uh, join us in the chat on YouTube. And for those of you watching live, uh, you'll probably see that we're like four minutes into the show and I'm already sweating, so that's fun. <laughs> it's, like a warm in here. It's, it's a It's, it's a very warm in here. here. Let's just put it yeah. that way. Uh, the, the studio's I, going through upgrades, man. I, I would have uh, definitely worn a, a tank top if I had <laughs> known. And I'm in a jacket. Okay. Yeah. No, I know. And, and I as mean, always, we could have seen your guns. Yep, but nobody <laughs> managed to take the time to buy a ticket to the gun show, and there's no free views. So. We, but at least we didn't see any uh, rockets. What do you? Uh. <laughs> it's definitely not that kind of show, even though it's internet. Uh, Drexel, it's when you see something that's like the after this, hour show. when you see this interaction interaction between the president and the first lady, what do you? What is your first thought? My first thought is that's awkward. Yeah, that's awesome. Like if that was if that was just your friend, like a non-public figure, and they right. did it, you'd be like, "Oh man, that's so rough." But it's also like at least pretend. Like how yeah. many politicians have? I mean, Hillary Clinton sitting next to Bill Clinton. Like how, how going through that whole Monica Lewinsky thing? She at least pretended for that little bit mm-hmm. of time. Not that the marriage didn't get better and they had to work through things, but like at least pretend. That's what you're there to. That's that's he's a showman. Yeah, the least right. he could do is pretend like he was interested in Melania, who's very pretty. Yes, you know she's a very beautiful uh, first lady. Um, you know, but he could have at least pretended like he liked her. Yeah, uh, but but he's too stuck on himself. Well, <laughs> well I was going to say Vladimir Putin. As, well, that's too, but himself. As uh, Shareable Texas him. says in the chat, hello, Shareable Texas. Thank you for and follow at Shareable Texas on Twitter to see the new version of his uh, song about us that he did. Wait, uh, what? Sh- well, it's, it's a, a video. It's a video now. Oh, yeah. I love it. It's uh, 2.0. And Shareable Texas <laughs> says, I can't rule out Putin and Trump getting married. Anything is possible at this oh point. God. Although uh, Lady Goth points out Russia doesn't like the, and then the quotes are around homosexuals. Uh, R. Scat Brown in blue, which I didn't know you could comment that way. Mm. He says, oh, fake marriage. No, fake marriage. Anthony did that. Fake marriage. So, yes, we have mm. fake news I, I and now we have Donald fake marriage. Tr- Donna mm. Trump. Like Donna that. Trump. Donna Trump. Trump. That's yeah, a, there you go. Uh, anyway, so we wanted to start with that, and uh, it gave me an excuse for a, a little heard, a uh, little Richard song. You so, heard? You heard? Yeah. Oh, we heard. Uh, so anyway, we'll move on to what probably could have been the lead story, which is uh, President Trump spoke to the UN today, and we all know he has an uncanny ability with nicknames. 
like Crooked Hillary and Muslim Obama. He's great with the nicknames. So now, Kim Jong-un has been christened Rocket Man for the obvious reason that he thinks it's going to be a long, long time until <laughs> Touchdown brings me round again to find I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh, no. I'm a Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Burning out his fuse up here. Alone. That's right. That's the William Shatner version of Rocket Man, which if I had had that yesterday, that would have been the title of this episode, and it would have been the William Shatner version, but that's all right. <laughs> I like to do a dramatic reading. Uh, so, yes, he's the Rocket Man, which, I don't know, I think... Did, I wonder if I everybody think, got that that was the Elton John song. Well, they didn't need to. The, <laughs> that wasn't you know, the point, right? The, yeah, <laughs> that was for me. Like, 80% of what happens on the show right, is for me. Yeah, like the sweating right now. That's just for me. Uh, but I think, you know, like, look, Crooked Hillary stuck. That's a decent nickname. Um, I think Rocket Man, uh, you know, on a scale of one to ten, is like a one. That's not a great one. He didn't think of that. Yeah, well, I mean, he'll take pride in that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure he will. I mean, and it's one of the. He's gonna own it. It's like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it sticks or not. He's gonna just be like, well, I don't know about Rocket Man. He's gonna insist that he mm-hmm. be referred to as Rocket Man. And uh, so I wonder, Scott, what do you think about? antagonizing a maniac. And to be clear, I'm talking about Trump right. name-calling Kim Jong-un. <laughs> oh, I think you're talking about Trump. Not Kim Jong-un <laughs> shooting missiles. And the missiles that Kim Jong-un is shooting might as well have, hey, look at me, printed right on right. them. Uh, Scott, your thoughts I would say about... The missiles are blanks, basically, at this point, but that he's shooting. But, um, I, you know, I think the whole... I think, first of all, Trump's speech was ridiculous and uh it, it goes with this theme of being dark and everything is being terrible and and yet he hates people that are dark so it's just a uh, weird mix right it's, there it's, it's very bizarre yeah. um you know we've talked about this at length there's no reason why uh he should be antagonizing north korea because it's not it's not a good situation for anybody involved period yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that, uh, I, you know, I continue to stand by my assessment that I'm not particularly scared about North Korea. No. But I think it's, you know, it, it's like just because, you know, just because a, a, a hive of, I don't know, what is, what is snakes are like in a nest. And let's say there's a nest of snakes that aren't poisonous, but they're sleeping. So it's like, why are you going to wake them up? Mm-hmm. Just leave them over there. Them they're going to be fine. They can't even run the lights, you know. And then you're basically, you're, you're name calling this guy in, you know, in front of all of his friends at the playground like so everybody gets to see it and you know that it's bad because russia called trump's comments about north korea a dangerous step towards instability so putin is saying you are unstable i don't know my thinking is that that's not where you want to be uh we can talk we'll talk about some of the other things apparently their honeymoon phase is over in that relationship it's true yeah well i mean look at the way he treats melania so obviously I think that Trump doesn't want to get the handshake. He wants to give the handshake is basically what it comes down to. Uh, we'll talk about some of the other things from the speech to the UN, but uh, Drexel, the the topic of North Korea, the nickname Rocket Man, and the uh, the fury that he's promised, I think actually that the, he's going to totally destroy North <laughs> Korea. Um, I think that there is something to be said for toxic masculinity. Um, mm-hmm. In the idea, so Donald Trump reminds me of those people. That's the uh, cologne I'm wearing right now. Toxic masculinity. <laughs> um, it might smell like flop sweat, but it's toxic, toxic masculinity. masculinity by Trump. Official sponsor of the Trump. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that that Donald Trump is one of those guys, or at least he seems to be one of those guys that just wants um, affirmation from his buddies. 
wants to like swing his wants, something around. Mm-hmm. But he wants a back slap. Like he wants, like if you saw the other day, they had this little kid um, who wanted, all he wanted to do for his wish or whatever was to mow the White House lawn. And if you saw Donald Trump interacted with that kid, it was like, a sh- you know, Donald Trump does the shake of the hand and he like slaps him on the back. Like Donald Trump wants this back slap. And he wants, he wants, well, I don't know what happened to him in his lifetime, but he wants the the adoration of his buddies around him to say that was a great speech that was that what was you the should best be doing. ever that was masculine yeah. oh you're a guy yeah. you're a man blah 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 blah. somebody feminized him at some point in his life to where he feels like at least this is just my opinion to where he feels like everything that he says has to be up up the next it's like hyper hyper masculine yeah. to compensate when for it, something right where we did not see that in barack obama we did not see that in bill clinton we did not see that in george bush either and he had a lot more swagger than this guy you know obviously mm-hmm. than this guy um and, and caused you know quite a few problems to where we are now. So I think that that's, that's where we got to start, which is the mindset of this guy who feels like he has to one-up the next guy. The only person that he has not felt like he had to one-up was Vladimir Putin because he looks up to that person. Mm-hmm. So he really wants that's the back... strong man. He really yeah. wants the back slap of Vladimir Putin and then, based on what you just said, got slapped down. And so it'd be interesting to see how um, he does because you can see the rhetoric... You know, Nikki Haley the other day... Some tweet that they, they talked about Donald Trump talking about rock or um, um, something had come up. I can't remember what it was. So whatever. There's a lot. But there's a lot that come up. Right, yeah. But Nikki Haley in an interview on Face the Nation on Sunday said that the reason Donald Trump tweeted out that was because he was an emotional guy. Mm. Because he feels feels like his emotions. He's so wrapped up in this. If you can you imagine if the United States ambassador to Hillary Clinton would have said the reason why right. she made this decision or Barack Obama, so the reason emotional. why she made it so emotional. This mm-hmm. is not some RuPaul's Drag Race song. <laughs> this is not some Whitney Houston right. song. Nobody should be so emotional <laughs> in the White House as Donald Trump. And now he's tweeting about it. Yeah. And that's what you saw. So I just, I think that there, that we have to really look at Donald Trump from that hyper-masculine that, he, that he's got some other issues Well, going he's on. got a lot of mental issues going right. on. And I would just add, too, real quick, that it's also easy to threaten people uh, using the military when he himself or anyone that he loves is not the ones that are going to have to go into sacrifice. It's easy to say, oh, we'll send the military in and go and destroy North Korea, but it's not a sacrifice to him in most Doesn't Americans. Doesn't anybody remember and there it's are just civilians? Easy for them to, right, it's just very easy to just throw people in there and not think about how it's going to affect them personally. And, and that's the thing that makes me upset, too, where it's very, you know, putting... Uh, American military lives at risk. And then, like you said, civilians in Seoul, South Korea, there is no way, plus all the North Korean uh, citizens, but there's no way that Seoul, South Korea is not going to be affected by that. And it's dangerous to even do that. When it doesn't affect you personally, you don't care. Uh, Chelsea, uh, Senator Dianne Feinstein described Trump's speech as, quote, bombastic, and she complained that the U.N. had been founded to promote peace, yet Trump had used it, quote, as a stage to threaten war. Uh, do you feel like that's basically what he went up there to do? Is, Instigator in chief. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, I, I think that's catchy. I think you could probably you could put that on the door in front of the overall <laughs> uh, Oval Office. Democrats should use that in 2018. Mm-hmm. Oh. Use that as a slogan. Get I'll on let that. Them know. Let yes. them know. Can yeah, you get? Yeah, I mean, you, you got some friends on the Hill. Yeah. You could let them know. <laughs> you know. 
uh, just to get, get the word out there. Oh, by the way, you were talking about Whitney Houston before, and uh, I also felt like when he was awkwardly interacting with the 10-year-old who wanted to mow the lawn, which we could talk about for a whole <laughs> hour. That's a whole uh, show in itself. <laughs> did you get the sense that he felt the children are our future? Because I did not. <laughs> I, well, I, according I, to Betsy DeVos, if you don't teach them, well, then right. <laughs> you can't be able to lead the way. Well, it's true. They will not <laughs> lead the way. Lead the way. Right. Uh, so uh, during his, uh, his remarks uh, during the, you know, at the U.N., he called Iran a corrupt dictatorship. All right, well, that's not, that doesn't sound that crazy. Uh, he complained about the agreement, though, that uh, President Obama signed was an embarrassment to the United States. Uh, Chelsea, do you think that an agreement that President Obama signed with Iran is the first thing that comes to mind when someone says embarrassment to the United <laughs> States? Is that the first thing you think of? No, not so much. Hmm, okay. Mm, I can think of... Anything got to mind, if I throw that word out you there? You know that when when you have too many options that you just sure. like can't pick one? Oh, yeah, I'm, like I'm having night. a moment that like that. Yeah, I just didn't know. Which, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that, uh, you know, it was, it, it was an embarrassment. And, you know, Obama's like, well, why do you keep reminding people about me? You know, that's not going to help you. <laughs> uh, do you think, Drexel, that antagonizing North Korea, antagonizing Iran... I, I don't think this is a mistake. I don't think that this is just, you know, he went in there to wing it. I mean, it was all on the teleprompter. Right. So this is a very calculated move. The kind of move that you might have been like, oh, yeah, Bannon really wants him to, you know, swing his you-know-what around, as uh, Chelsea said. But uh, what do you think is the intent of, you know, walking into that chamber, he opens his mouth, what does he hope happens at the end well, of the Well, I think speech? it goes back to what I said before, which is this hyper-masculinity. He wants to be he, the alpha among he, alphas. He wants mm-hmm. to show people that he controls the biggest and baddest military in the world, which is not far from the truth, but he does not need to remind people. The, the United States, those, those countries understand that piece of it, that there is no military out there that's stronger than Especially the United States Especially since today the Senate passed right. but besides a that, yes, 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 yes. $700 billion. Right, but I think that people forget that, 700, that $700 billion does not go directly to military personnel. That's in defense contracts. Right. That's another thing. $600 so. million of it, 50 would go to wars. Right. So I, and so and we have bases around the world that need to be maintained and upkept and stuff like that. And I think that that, that Republicans, that's something that Republicans are constantly doing. But back to it Iran, but back to, the, but back to the Iran deal, um, this is something that Donald Trump has renewed since he's been in office. This is something that he will probably renew again on October 15th that's coming up. Um, so him coming right out the gate and, and talking about this deal, it's because that's what, when Donald Trump gets in campaign mode, um, that's what he reverts back to, the stuff that he's already said before, because he doesn't want to remind people that he's gone back on certain things that he's talked about in the campaign, because they quietly, on a Friday night, renewed the Iran deal the last time. They will do it again this time. They've quietly renewed stuff on Fridays so that mm-hmm. nobody knows. They went into Labor Day weekend um, talking about um, like some some campaign promise that they kind of went back on. So this, is, this is, should not surprise people that in public he would make these statements to corral his base but in but behind the scenes he knows that's not going to be the case and and he knows the Iran deal is working the administration knows the Iran mm-hmm. deal is working I mean you saw John Huntsman come out today against things John Huntsman who was just named United States ambassador to Russia uh, coming out and saying this speech was not the speech this is not the way that we do business this is not the way that I'll be doing business with Russia 
Um, and that's to start contrast to what Donald Trump is. Nikki Haley's the same way, Rick Tillerson, mm-hmm. John Kelly, and those guys are all saying the same but thing. But isn't uh, Donald Trump Jr. basically our ambassador to Russia? I mean, haven't we seen that? <laughs> well, he doesn't, Eric, well, he or, doesn't have Secret Service protection anymore, true. so he no, might I be know, flying off doesn't? to... He doesn't? No, it's like, one of the things we'll talk about. Yeah. I said, I, yeah he d- one quick question, though. Yeah. Speaking of going back, I saw some article about Trump changing his mind on the Paris Agreement, and then I didn't hear anything else about it. Was that yeah? That's like probably the way that that's going to go. Yeah, no, I no, I, I saw I saw that article, yeah. and you know, it's a lot of you know, putting a little trial balloon out there. Up, exactly. See what happens. Yep. Yeah, see what people th- say. And uh, the just kidding. The speech of the UN was uh, clearly an America First speech, mm-hmm. and President Trump used the word sovereign or variation of mm-hmm. it, 19 times in the speech, which according to my friends at thehill.com means almost once every two minutes he talked about the sovereignty or used the word sovereign. So, I don't know. I mean, it's, I guess he wants to put America first, but at the same time, let's just whack them all every other country around the world that we don't like. Not every country. I mean, Canada knows, you know, to step in line, you know. Canada will will shake their hand and tell them to sit down right after they introduce us. That's how we treat Canada. But I think that it, it's sort of an interesting thing, Scott, and maybe interesting is not a good word because maybe, I don't know, you find it terrifying or something. But uh, <laughs> what do you think about someone, and by someone I mean our president, uh, <laughs> talking about America in those terms while also talking about all of our involvement around the world, should he be so inclined? Right, and then in his speech he also mentioned that Every other country should put themselves first. And I get on paper that sounds really nice. Like, yes, let's take care of ourselves first, and then we can help other people. But it doesn't really work in, in a community on a planet when you all are interconnected. Can and everybody has to work and, and work together. Take for, care of ourselves. Right, for yes. common goals and, you know, common interests that affect everybody. And that helps lead to world peace. Because the more that you're isolating and saying it's me first, me first, me first, me first, you're just setting it up to have instability in the world. Because now everyone's looking at their own needs first and... Everyone else can just go to hell, basically, and that is a dangerous place to be. And we've seen how isolationism has never really worked with the U.S., unfortunately. We tried to do that in the 20s and 30s, and... Well, that turned out all right, didn't it? It just doesn't work out very well. Well, What went wrong? Uh, By the way, a direct quote from this portion of the speech is, quote, The nation-state remains the best vehicle for elevating the human condition. All right. The nation-state. Look, he wants to elevate the human condition. That sounds great. That sounds like the kind of stuff that Stephen Hawking wants to do. He wants to elevate the human condition. What could be wrong with that, Drexel? Everything. Oh, okay. Um, tell me more. But <laughs> one thing I do want to point out because I, I was having this conversation. I know we're not going to talk about. It. I, I don't know if we're talking about healthcare today, but I know um, mm-hmm. one of the things. Not. One of the things that I want mm-hmm. to remind people, and this goes not only for healthcare debates but international debates as well, which is <coughs> we have a moral obligation, and I think that's mm-hmm. where you. Hillary Clinton talks about it during the campaign, which is you know why she felt that she did certain things from a moral from a moral standpoint is to help people around the world. If Americans can't get past Americans that voted for Trump have a lack some sort of morale, in my opinion, some sort of morality to think that this America America first is an immoral standpoint in my head when it comes to our standing in the world as a global superpower. Mm-hmm. Trump voters who believe they want, as we go into Graham Cassidy um, next week, voters who are interested in repealing and replacing Obamacare have an immoral view of how they, an immoral view of how they treat their fellow citizens. Mm -hmm. And if we cannot get back to the idea that, if we cannot 
change the conversation to a moral argument um, when you have Christian conservatives going around trying to make social issues a moral argument mm-hmm. um, and they and then they don't want to help people on the back end. That's a problem. And so when we look at international issues, we have to people have to start looking at international issues from a moral obligation to help certain countries, which is why, you know, regardless of how we went into regardless of what happened in Iraq. In George Bush's mind, we had a moral obligation to go into that. Now, it might have been totally screwed up, but from his mind, democracy is something is a moral issue. Giving people an op- opportunity is a moral issue, and some people, some Republicans, believe that piece of it. And helping other nations around Weapons the world of mass destruction. Was yeah, sure. Well, and, and, and 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 it's a moral obligation for the United States to provide. Um, if we had any nets morals for people in right Africa, right now, we would be stopping the genocide. In uh, Myanmar, right? There's and, a massive right. Sorry, I'm that? cleansing. <laughs> right, that's true. It's not even funny. I don't right. even know. No, I just meant, you know, but it's true. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Like it's just, yeah. it's like you would think that 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 Americans would be interested in, from a superpower standpoint, from a moral obli- have, to have a moral obligation to help people around the world, not only help people around the world, but to help people in the United States because that right. is what we do. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree with that more. Uh, something I w- wasn't planning on talking about, but a uh, conversation we had before the show uh, m- made me come up with a good question, and I almost asked it. I'm like, wait, save it for the air. And it, it's sort of relevant for right now. It's a hypothetical. It's like a fun little, you know, parlor trick, party game kind of thing that you can ask people. And we'll go around, and we'll start with Scott. If you would be able to take away... Trump presidency, your your case being less than one term, let's just say yes. one full term, four years of Trump. <laughs> you could do away with four years of Trump, but in place, you would get eight more years of George W. Bush. Would you make that trade? Scott Moore! I should have loaded up the uh, Jeopardy theme, but I, I only just thought of this like two minutes before we went on. <laughs> eight years of George W. Bush or four years of Donald Trump? Is it, it So it's eight years... Yeah, so, so we're not replaying the, the eight no, no, no. years No, no, it's, it's a new eight years. It's, you know, there's some kind of amendment that only he Wait, gets to serve again. Very important. Does Clement, it come with Dick and Cheney? That's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Let's say he gets the band back together, okay? So <laughs> it's it's a reunion tour. He gets everybody back together. Eight years, the same gang is back in the White House, but Trump never sets foot in it. That hypothetical. It's not an easy answer. No, Please I think in, in if the it chat, was less, way, less than chat, one term for you. Trump. If it was one term, then he would be voted out and it would be back to a Democrat. All right, so you say no. You don't want no, to. No, I'd say less term. than one term. If he was going to be booted out and he had You're to be saying replaced, George W. Bush wouldn't get I'd replace eight. George W. Bush and let him have eight years. So then Cheney could be president. No, Cheney will never be president. I mean, in this hypothetical, he's no. coming on board. It's eight more years of, of George W. So you're, you'd rather have the four oh, years God, or less than really four years. I, I have was to take really less proud than four of four years of Trump. Cherryville, Texas says eight years of GW. Uh, Chelsea, your thought. I think also the eight years of GW. Uh, I, I think, have to, I think yeah. um, he is, hopefully, I don't know if he is. Embarrassed about his decision to invade Iraq. Well, you feel like he's grown maybe as a person, and since so maybe he's like mm, his painting show. I can't no, imagine now. that under George W. Bush, the spending in the military would be higher than seven hundred billion dollars. Well, I mean, if Cheney's like, around, it probably probably be a trillion. Yeah. But I don't think. But it, I mean, I guess eight years ago, yeah. Yeah, for inflation, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like six hundred right. billion. So Ooh, that's, that's the inflation. Billion, hard one. billion. Yeah. I can't even fathom. $700 billion. You know what else I couldn't oh, fathom? Man. Really quick. The, the Mexico earthquake today mm-hmm. yes. was 43 miles deep. deep. Can mm-hmm. you, like, 
take on the fact that you can drill down and you can't drill down. I mean, I, 40, I wouldn't drill down to the other side miles? of the planet. <laughs> just these are just some numbers that that's, have been blowing that's, my that's mind. Where I mean, they could do a hyperloop. You know, uh, Elon Musk could just build a hyperloop that goes in between straight the down. planet uh, and just goes I, straight down and back up the other side. I want to give I want to give Drexel a chance. Would you trade four years of Don John Trump? For G.W. Bush, well, eight here, years. Here, I'm gonna Bush. I'm gonna make a quick confession that I don't oh, know if George I've, Washington. That, I've, that I've said on this show. <laughs> George, George, George Washington. We're going way back to G.W. Yeah, um, G.W. What? You that know, G.W. I mean, yeah, if he was in the mix, I think most of us would be like, yeah, sure, let's let George Washington go ahead. Uh, I'm just gonna make. I don't know if I've said on this show before. I know that I've talked about it before, being having been executive director of College Republicans at the time that the Bush White that, that Bush's reelection came on. 2000. So, 2004. 2004. Um, okay. So I I. I voted for another eight years of George W. I voted for George W. Bush. Uh, you, so you voted in 2000 and in 2004? No, I voted in 2004. Because we were too young. I was going to say, so, Thank you, Scott. At least I don't have to feel terrible so, uh, so, but I voted for Gore in Florida. Thank you very much. And, 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 and we can have a whole conversation on on why, you know, I thought John Kerry was a weak candidate at the time, and there was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came from a very military family, so George Bush was a little bit, it was a little bit different time back then. Republicans were a little bit different back then. Um, yes, they were. They're a little, it's a little bit different time. Mm, so, a little bit. A little bit. Not as crazy Social as that. was definitely in not, 2004 right, was right. really upsetting. Um, but I, I would def- so I would definitely take eight years of George W. Bush because I think his paintings reflect growth at this point. <laughs> um, then, then, right. then four more. I mean, then, look at how much growth. Then you know, a year of Donald Trump, to, really. I know we're not supposed to talk about presidential kids, but they're adults now. Look at his daughters now. Like, they're so responsible. They're on the Today Show. I think one of them was doing stand-up. You know, so the growth for his kids... That tells but you that he must the, be fine. And just right. think about how many more years he's had the, Jesus the, in him. The now. only the only thing about him too is that I actually believe that he's a decent person, and that I think he doesn't, he's he's not like Donald Trump, where I have not found a single thing about him that I find. Oh, there's I, that good I, little, redeeming, I little think quality. redeeming quality his, deep deep inside. His, I think George W. Bush's views on how to run government are probably very him. different. Right, but it is a way a that person. It is a way with which following them, the government can still run. Mm-hmm. It's just not what you would want to do. It's not where you'd want to focus. I would feel like, like I'm losing sleep, you right. know, Because I'm worried what uh, Trump's going to tweet and do. By the way, and... the let's see, the demonot says eight years is a lot of da- <sighs> is a lot more damage than four, and also uh, Drexel's not prehistoric. <laughs> But he, Tyrannosaurus Drex. <laughs> Thank you, Shareable Texas. Sh- oh, Shareable Texas is on fire tonight. Yeah. I think I'm going to call you T Drex. Some people used to call me that in high school. Did they really? Wow. I mean, it, does it have anything to do with the fact that you have this <laughs> hand? Right now, all of them. Anyway, those of you that are listening to the show after the fact, please tweet us at Trump Report ABTV. Let us know. Would you take. Eight years of George W. Bush if it meant not having four years of... I said less than four for Trump. I know, but, I'm, sa- but I'm saying four because I... I, I a term. I'm but just- I want to amend... I, I think there should be an amendment because we talked about jo- Dick Cheney. Does that come with a Democratic Congress or a Republican Congress? I could do There we go, four, 2006. I could, yeah, yes, I could do four years of Donald Trump... Maybe with a Democratic, Democratic Congress, Congress, because then nothing would get done. No damage. Because the, uh, the, Demo- well, the Democrats had eight years a lot more damage than four. The, but he's right the demon not. The demon, call him Democrat. Oh, demon, demon they not. disagree. Sorry. That's like Hatfield's voice. Yeah. Um, 
No, I did not vote for. I, I no, he was very. Vote, cl- I could he not could, vote. In he wasn't old enough. I wasn't old so enough. So he voted to vote for Bush and not John Kerry. John John Kerry. And I don't think John anybody Kerry. anybody really want to fall on the John Kerry sword about how great he was. Right. And let's talk about how we dodged a bullet. John Kerry. How we dodged well, kind too, of a bullet but... with John Edwards because you could you imagine? Uh, <laughs> right. I know. Of, of the vice president. But whatever. What about I, a George you, W. Bush? You would say too, like I did. So with the Democratic Congress, though, too. Quick yes or no? No debate. Would you take President John Edwards over President Donald Trump? Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, there you go. I, I guess... I mean, there's almost anyone I would take. Yeah. Right. Trump, At this point, seriously. absolutely. Yeah. President Voldemort, President Darth Vader. But uh, back yes. then, but back then, we would not have been in the same situation that we were right now. We would not no. be, like, thinking that the president was an idiot. Like, no. we would be no, like... Okay, I, I, no, I meant, like, I meant, like, the climate was different. Like, we could handle, like, a John Kerry scandal. Sure. And be like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah, John, get through John it. Now Kerry's, we would never be able to. John do that. Kerry's biggest smile—I uh, <laughs> ruined my own stupid joke. <laughs> John Kerry's biggest scandal is that he accidentally smiled once. Uh, Michelle <laughs> Falud- Flatchy said she would in a heartbeat, and uh, <laughs> Lady Goth says that's not math. Anyway, uh, so again, you can tweet us at Trump Report ABTV. Let us know. I used up a lot of our time on that, but I thought that was more it's fun. Fine. Than what no, I, I like to talk it. about. Yes, I like it. Take a so. Point. Tune in next week when we see if you would trade Grover Cleveland for <laughs> President H.W. Bush. Well, is it no Grover, answers wait, tonight. Grover Cleveland first term or the 22nd president or Grover Cleveland part two? Those when rules will be put down next week. Oh we don't 1880s Grover Cleveland or 1890s <laughs> President Cleveland? <laughs> anyway. Big difference. Yes. And uh, you, get the, you, get the, you get the White House wedding, And we too. have 10 minutes left. Yes, we have gracious. 10 minutes left. Good. Well, we spent 10 minutes on that. Oh. So um, I can't wait for your Manafort jokes. Oh, I, I don't have any. Because oh, uh, that's a joke in itself. Oh, <laughs> hey. uh, a fun story is a, a group of angry young immigrants chanting, all of us or none of us, shut down a news conference by House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi on her home turf in San Francisco. So, um, all right, hey. You guys are definitely barking up the wrong person with the personality of a tree, okay? That's not the place to go. Like, she's someone who might be able to help you. And let's shout her down and not let her talk. I get it. This is an important issue, and you're trying to make a point. But is that is that maybe misguided, Drexel? Is, is Nancy Pelosi that much of an enemy of young immigrants? And maybe I'm wrong, because I am neither young nor an immigrant. Well, here's the thing. People know that I'm a, I'm a fan of Nancy Pelosi. I've got no problems with Nancy Pelosi. I mean, she's a great... She's, I mean, she, she brokered her deal sitting in the White House, and Mitch McConnell was looking at her through his turtle shell. So I think <laughs> Without that... Without even, like, having to... Right, he didn't have to do anything. The, and she never left a finger. To right. Work. And, um... But I think that there's a, one thing that I want to make sure that it's clear to people is that there are a lot of dreamers out there that are really afraid of what's mm-hmm. happening next. Mm-hmm. And I think that they want to make sure that whatever deal is brokered by the Democrats is something that is fair. What I did not appreciate was the fact that they thought that Democrats weren't going to come back to this issue um, as if as if, you know, and, and, and uh, Dick Durbin brought this up in an interview the other day where he said. I want, you know, had we brought this up during brokering certain deals about Harvey and, and all this, all this other funding, we would have never made the deal. We would have just, it would have just never been there. So I think people have to, have to understand, and Chelsea and I talked about this in terms of process on the political beat, which is people have to understand the process and the way that the Senate works and the way that the rules work. Um, and, and Pelosi's in the House. She really has no leverage. Like, she can't really do anything. She didn't have the numbers for that. Um, and, and the idea that Democrats, um, um, 
have to broker all the deals at the same time is unrealistic, in my opinion. Um, everything has to be piecemealed through certain processes. And um, like you said, I don't think it's necessarily barking up the wrong tree. It's not taking advantage of the time that you have where the spe- where the leader of the Democratic Party, uh, or, or in this case, the leader of the House Democrats, is standing right in front of you and having that conversation with her and just making sure she understood. Because if you saw her, like, she's very calm. And then you could see that the, the hint of frustration and anger in her voice at a certain point. She's like, okay, got it, understood. Obviously, you don't want to listen to me. And I think that that's what people have to yeah. realize is that, yeah, people are going to listen to you. Nancy Pelosi is going to listen to you. But you got to give her an opportunity to do that, and you can't stand in front of her and then not listen to her when she's asking you to get like for her attention and like talk to her at that moment. And that would have been a great conversation to have on 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 television, which was listen to Nancy Pelosi talk to these dreamers and have that conversation. Could you imagine the cameras would not have left that conversation mm-hmm. and what that would have done for Democrats in terms of uh, of uh, and dreamers in terms of seeing that conversation? I saw more people share the fact that Black Lives Matter was at a Trump rally. Uh, 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 last week, or the mother of all rallies, which had like a, a hundred mm-hmm. people or whatever, um, and that people and and that conversation that came from that, then the dreamers having that having the conversation with Nancy Pelosi, it could have been beautiful, right? But of course, what you're going to see a lot more on TV <laughs> is people yelling over Nancy Pelosi. Right. That's what's going to get shown. Right. Right. What were you going to say, Scott? No, I was just going to say I, I, I think it, it's a very fine line because they have to remember that that she's there to help them. But on on their perspective, I think that a lot of them are so incredibly afraid and so nervous about what's going to happen and don't want to be used just as a number, as a bargaining chip, as, you know, and, and that they're actual people. And, they're, and, and I feel that there's, of course, there's going to be that emotion and that anger and that fear because it, it's so up in the air right now and they don't know what's going to happen with them. And, and it's just they have to take a step back and realize she's their friend and not their enemy. It's sort of like, a, which we as liberals have had a, a difficult time doing is, you know, sort of going and voting for, like, for instance, in the race, voting for Hillary Clinton, but they're like, well, she's not pure enough, she's not liberal enough, and so we're not going to vote. It's sort of that same thing, like, you know, Nancy Pelosi's not their enemy, but if she's not going to go out and say, okay, everyone's going to get amnesty tomorrow, and I'm supporting this immediately, if she's not saying the right things, they're automatically now going to discount her and and get upset and and of course there's a lot of emotion involved so it's it's finding that that balance there and and knowing that 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 she is going to be there to help them but i also can understand their passion and their scaredness and their fear and their don't want to be a number or bargaining chip too chelsea well let me ask chelsea do you feel like that helps the cause of the dreamers that they shouted her down there or as drexel said could it have been a very productive meeting where they could have like here's what our concerns are can you please take those back to the house? Maybe nothing happens, but now definitely nothing happens. I think it hurts them because it reduces the number of possible allies. People mm-hmm. don't find it respectful when you shout down right. a leader. And they might think, you know, these this is the way these people act. You know, they, who needs them and may not be as sympathetic to their cause. So I think in terms of actual voters who can make a difference the cause may have lost some. And that goes just to Chelsea's point on that. Like, <clears throat> I had somebody post on my wall that video, who clearly uh, a Republican, um, who said, what do you think about Nancy Pelosi being shouted down? And I said, well, Democrats believe in free speech, so mm-hmm. obviously this is where we are. Um, and this is w- what people do when the First Amendment gives them the right to protest or whatever. Um, 
And so I, I think that... It's actually not been litigated whether non-citizens have the same rights. That's true. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. And and so I think that, um, that there's a couple of things that people have to remember is that, at least in my opinion, that first of all, we... Our generation right now is so really craves action, like has been waiting so long for action that any action that is too slow. Like if you're not making a decision right now, it's going to be too slow. The other side of that, we live in this 24 hour news cycle and if it or, or the social media world where everything is hey, instant. Don't knock us. No, I'm just saying that 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 that, in, that we require mm-hmm. things in an instant. We require information instantly. We get information instantly. We interact, and instantly. we interact instantly. And if we're not getting that information, um, and we're not seeing the results on that instantly, then it's going to be it's causing a problem. And I think that's going to be a problem that rapid response teams, in terms of campaigns, are going to have to deal with over the next few years. Democrats are going to have to readjust the way that they respond to things um, quickly, and Republicans aren't going to be very good at that. But you know. Uh, but that's something that I think will benefit the party going forward. Uh, we only have a couple of minutes. I wanted to get a couple quick hits in here. We mentioned it in passing before. Uh, Donald Trump Jr., his wife Vanessa Trump, and Kellyanne Conway have all dropped Secret Service protection, which can mean only one thing. Don Jr., his wife Vanessa, and Kellyanne Conway are all swingers. You all kind of knew they were into some crazy stuff, some Fifty Shades of you know what. So that makes sense. You don't want the Secret Service because you don't want them knowing what's going on. So good for you guys. Glad you can get your freak on. Uh, the uh, Emmys were on Sunday, the lowest ratings ever. We're going to talk about the Emmys over well, Paul Manafort possibly being I, I, indicted. I have a minute. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to talk about Paul Manafort? <laughs> uh, and conservatives are having a field day because the ratings were so low because they hate Stephen Colbert. They hate him. And they're saying it's because the show went after Trump, not because people don't watch the Emmys because it's a fucking award show for television, and I people watched, haven't been watching it for years. I watched the Emmys. I've watched it. I've, I did too. <laughs> I've, been, I've been there a few times. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, yeah, people don't watch it. But on the episode, because it was basically an episode of the, of the Emmys, they brought out the real spicy came out for uh, Punchline for a Joke, and a lot of people were like, no, don't don't embrace him. Like, he's fun. Like, he's our friend. He's somebody who blatantly lied to us, and that was the point. And I would ask the panel what they all thought about it, but instead, I'll just have to ask the yes or no, is it okay to bring Sean Spicer on and joke around with him, or do you feel like somebody like Stephen Colbert, who probably really despises Sean Spicer, should have been like, no, let's not do that joke. Scott? I mean, I thought it was, I, I thought it would have been great if Melissa McCarthy had done it. Right, which uh, I think maybe been, people would have expected. That, and and yeah. if Spicy had said no, that's probably what they would have done. Yeah, he's just trying to get his 15 minutes now that he's out of the White yeah. House. Uh, um, do you think, Chelsea, that uh, Sean Spicer should never be on TV again? Yes, but I I found the Emmy bit funny. But I haven't really thought it through about what this could mean, yeah, embracing I what. I, I was too stuck on the $700 billion thing. Hmm. Uh, is today, is that Pat Robertson's yeah. thing, the seven hundred <laughs> billion club? Yeah, <laughs> uh, and Drexel. That's how much money uh, he makes now. Dre- very quickly, people. your thought there, uh, Drexel, on on uh, that. And listen, by I, quickly, I mean like. 10 I seconds. would have much preferred Hillary Clinton to walk out on that stage, but uh, listen, because I, I, I don't think they can afford her. But I, <laughs> but I think because I think if you could bring out Hillary, I think if you could bring out Sean Spicer <laughs> and allow him to lie, you know, to have gone done the thing. To bring out Toronto, I would much prefer somebody else. Uh, So uh, I wanted to get to some quick audience feedback. Andreas Froby tweeted, The best talk show about U.S. politics 
is at Trump Report ABTV. Thanks, Andrea. It's Froby. So nice. yeah. And finally, uh, in last week's audience feedback, Lady J eight eight two six eight eight two six said, <laughs> "Christian <laughs> said, Christian, I'm totally annoyed with the way you kept cutting off, containing, and cornering Chelsea. She had great contributions, and you just kept choosing to hear yourself. Chelsea, do you think that happened? Aww. Yes." Well, I want to. No, okay, thanks so much, Chelsea. And that is our time on the Trump Report at Trump Report ABTV on Twitter. For Scott Moore at SMAN80, Chelsea Galicia at Chelsea Galicia, Drexel Hurd at Drexel Hurd. I'm Christian Blatt at Christian DMZ. We will be back next Tuesday, right after the political beat. At 6 o'clock on After Buzz. We'll be here at 7 Pacific, so make sure to check us out there. And as I said, at Trump Report ABTV. Thanks so much. We'll see you guys next week. Two hour power hour. That's right. Or somebody on YouTube said, hour 39 minute power hour. Oh, that's all right. You can keep playing that. That was all right, Anthony. I was just, I didn't even realize the mic was on. <laughs> that got Chuck Schumer in trouble last week. I think they liked us. No, just from executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.